0: Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And on Wednesday night in Carnesecca Arena, for the first time since 1994, Villanova came in. Number three, Villanova came in. Opportunity knocked for the Red Storm. And Posh Alexander and the Red Storm were there to answer. St. John's gets the defining win of their season. They get the defining win of the Mike Anderson era. They get maybe their most defining win of their last five to ten years. If you allow me to be that recency bias. Biased. St. John's takes down the Villanova Wildcats, the third ranked Villanova Wildcats, who came into this game 11-1 and 6-0 in the Big East, and they did it pretty easily, 70-59, to outscored Villanova by I don't know how much after falling behind uh, 10-2, 10-3 early held a lead I think as big as 17 as one point in the second half and really cruised to an easy win over the best team in the Big East over a team that could be final four bound this year a top five team and just was never really in doubt seriously in the second half this game was absolutely incredible I mean this game Felt almost as easy as the DePaul game did last week. That's how well St. John's played tonight after the first five or seven minutes or so after they settled into their game. And you look at this team now where they are on February 3rd at 11 PM, where they came from a month ago, where they came from three weeks ago. It's incredible. What this team has done. And it starts, for me at least, on the defensive end. An absolutely incredible job on the defensive end tonight for St. John's. Holding Villanova to just 59 points. Villanova goes 8 of 30 from 3 point range. And the biggest stat of them all, excuse me, the biggest stat of them all, Villanova turns it over 17 times in this game. Villanova, a team that averaged, I think, eight turnovers per game. 17 turnovers in this game. Led by the poster boy, the squeaky clean poster boy, Colin Gillespie, who scores four points, who goes two of 12 from the field, including O of eight from three point range. And get this, six Turnovers for Colin Gillespie with Posh Alexander as the primary defender on him. Are we sure that this kid's a freshman? Because Posh Alexander is playing like a junior or a senior right now. And he's playing like one of the best players in the Big East because he just matched up one-on-one with one of the best players in the Big East in Colin Gillespie and he took his lunch money. I mean, he dominated Colin Gillespie in this game. The numbers don't lie 4 points, 2 of 12 shooting and 6 turnovers for Colin Gillespie Posh Alexander Colin Gillespie came into Madison Square Garden and Posh Alexander shut him down and that was the game right there in my opinion on the defensive end for St. John's Alexander with a team high 16 points including 6 assists in this game And St. John's just rolled in this game. I mean, for all the outcomes of this game that we could have seen coming, right? You know, Villanova close win, Villanova blowout, St. John's close win, St. John's blowout. There was never even a thought in my mind that this game would play out like it did. That this game would play out basically where the final three minutes of this game were garbage time. I mean, it didn't feel that way, but to it, to a, you know, a, a regular observer, not a fan of St. John's, if I'm sure to a Villanova fan, it felt like garbage time. It felt like this game was over. Who could have seen that coming? And again, it goes back to look where this team was at three weeks ago. Look what idiots like myself were saying three weeks ago. I'll call myself out again. Criticizing Mike Anderson starting to wonder if this was if we were really going in the right direction under Mike Anderson I mean that was three weeks ago and we've now taken down the number three team in the country we've now gotten a six and six in the conference 12 and seven overall and are right on the bubble if they're not in the tournament they're right on the bubble with plenty of opportunities now to get to 10 11 conference wins Plenty of opportunities now with this win in your back pocket. You know, when you see the blind resumes or or when you see the resume now for the next two months or for the next month and a half, you're going to see St. John's key wins Villanova number three. They will always have this win in their back pocket as long as they stay on the bubble. And this win just does wonders. Because you look at this team going forward now. I personally, ye of little faith, or me of little faith, I guess, penciled in two losses to Villanova. I did not think we were going to beat Villanova. I don't think anyone did. Seriously. I said, you know, you got to beat Butler. You uh, got to beat DePaul. You got to split with Providence. You got to probably get two games, you know, out of Seton Hall and Xavier and UConn at home. And that's how you can get to 10 wins. And then 16 and 11 probably gets you in. That all becomes a little bit easier now that you have this win. But now going forward, are you going to be able to build off this? That's the question. Are you going to be able to get that split versus Providence? Are you going to take care of business against DePaul? Are you going to take care of business against Butler? Are you going to get to that 10, 11, dare I say 12 win mark in the Big East? Are you going to be able to do that? Because you just took... Let me let me say it one more time. You just took... The number three team in the nation. The class of this conference for the last decade. And you just toyed with them in the second half of this game. Dominated them. For the final 32 minutes of this game. Dominated. Your freshman point guard... Made their star... Look like me out there. Look like a JV player. You can play with anyone in this conference. Anyone. When you're playing the type of defense that St. John's played tonight. Oh, and by the way, Julian Champagne went 4 of 12 from the field in this game. I know we finished with 14, but 4 of 12 from the field. And had what, two points in the first half? Your best player didn't even have a good game. You can play with anyone in this conference. So to me, no excuses now. The outlook of this season has changed dramatically. Let's get to the tournament now. Let's do it. We've got this win in our back pocket, like I said. Let's get to 10 conference wins. Let's get to 11 conference wins. Let's finish this season strong. Let's take care of business against the teams that we should beat now. That's my hope. And one more thing. They've had some upsets in the last, you know, in the new Big East, we'll call it. They've had some, some big upsets. You know, you can even go back to last year, beating West Virginia, beating Arizona, obviously beating Villanova a few years ago, um, on the road, beating number one Villanova, beating Duke. This is the first one, I would say. The first major upset. Because when they beat Villanova two years ago, it, it was an upset, sure, but they were just as good as Villanova that year. Villanova was not good that year. This is the first major upset that they've had. In, in a while, at least, that feels like it means something. You know, that's not just all right, awesome. That was cool. We got a we got to win against number three. No, like this win can mean something now. You know, when we beat Villanova in 2018, three years ago, when we beat Duke in 2018, three years ago, those wins didn't didn't mean a whole lot. You know, they did the giant giant slayers T-shirts or whatever. Those wins didn't mean much to the course of the season. The season was decided already. This win can mean something. If right now it does. And the way that you play over the final 8 games of the season, conference games of the season, if you play all of them will determine just how much this win means. But my goodness, what a what a change it's been for this team over the past 3 weeks and it starts on the defensive end, it really does. And I I I owe Mike Anderson I owe this team. I own this fan base an apology. Because I don't know if I ever did it on this podcast, but I certainly did it on Twitter. I I, I was not happy with the direction of this program, whatever day the the first Marquette game was. And you see now, though, we are unquestionably in the right direction. This guy knows what he's doing, Mike Anderson. (laughs) And this team has done a 180 from that point forward. But now let's keep it going. Now let's win a couple more games. Now let's win the games that we should win. Absolutely incredible. I'm still in shock. I still think it's it's 11.20 p.m. right now. I still think that I'm going to wake up and it's going to be Wednesday morning. And this whole day was just a dream. And I dreamt that entire game. But I'm pinching myself right now. If I had a video on, I'm pinching myself right now. It's It's real. That really did happen. St. John's really just basically wire to wire beat up on Villanova. KO'd Villanova. And GQJ and all their little Wall Street fans can go back home now. Well, they weren't out. Jay can go home. That's the only thing I wish. I wish that this game was at the Garden. And I wish we could have seen all those preppy Villanova fans walking out with their heads down. I would have loved to see that. That's the only thing I wish. But... We'll take the win now, and I wish fans were at Carneseca Arena tonight. I wish that this game was at the Garden. I I wish a lot of things, but at the end of the day, that is an incredible win. It's a stamp on your resume that they can't take away. Now, let's make it mean something. Let's make it really mean something. Let's take care of business against the teams that we should beat down the stretch of this season. And let's make the NCAA tournament. How does that sound? Does anyone want to go to the NCAA tournament? Because I do. I would love that. That'd be fun. Let's do it. All right, now let's let's get Kevin Connolly on. We're going to break down the game with him a little bit more in detail. And um, Kevin's come on a few times. And I'm sure everyone that listens to this show knows him. And uh, let's get right to it right now. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, we are now joined by Kevin Connolly. He was in attendance tonight at Karnasek Arena for the big win. Kevin, I know you're a journalist. I know you have to like keep your journalistic integrity, but I hope you were making some noise at least to make up for the other 6,000 of us that weren't able to be there tonight.
1: Well, I'll tell you, the one time I did make... I, I let out an audible, oh my, was uh, after, I believe, Villanova called the timeout, and I tweeted, Tosh Alexander stole Colin Gillespie's lunch money, and he <laughs> went to the basket for a dunk. I mean, it happened literally... Uh, obviously about 15 rows up from where I was sitting. Mm-hmm. But I, I literally just said, oh my, <laughs> I, I, could, I, I couldn't believe what he did. So that, that was that was a little bit of noise I made tonight. But uh, what, a, what a
0: win for the Johnnies. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the, the theme of the night. I think you hit on really the, the two themes of the night. One, I cannot believe that this actually happened. And two, Posh Alexander just, just absolutely dominated this game with Colin Gillespie. Let's start there. I mean, what can you say about Posh and the, and the game that he played tonight?
1: I mean, this was a freshman going up against a senior. Many thought, many think Colin Gillespie is the best player in the Big East, maybe one of the best players in the country, maybe the best point guard in the country. Um, I, I, like I said, all game long, he took his lunch money mm-hmm. and then ate his lunch in front of him. It, it was incredible. I've never seen Colin Gillespie play that poorly in his time at Villanova when he's, since he's been getting consistent minutes. Mm-hmm. It, it was Incredible to watch. I mean, he guarded him, he face guarded him 94 feet. Um, and Gillespie couldn't get anything off him. I mean, I'm looking at his stats now. Four points, two for twelve from the field. He missed all eight of his field goal attempts and six turnovers mm-hmm. in 38 minutes. It was incredible.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And and I mean, I, I just think that the defense as a whole, forcing those those 17 turnovers in this game was incredible. I mean, they forced what two 10-second violations, too? It just it felt like they threw Villanova off all game on, on the defensive end.
1: And one of those 10 second violations was off a timeout. That was what I really couldn't believe. I mm-hmm. mean, when you see these teams, I mean, Villanova, Carolina, Duke, whatever, whatever, so on and so they're normally so good out of timeouts. And Villanova, to get a 10 second violation out of a timeout, that's, that's when I said, all right, something's really happening here. I, I couldn't believe that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, we're obviously going to be a little bit more biased towards St. John since we both cover the team. The, the announcers seem to give St. John's a lot of credit for kind of throwing Villanova, you know, out of their game. Villanova didn't play a great game though. Obviously they missed a couple of open shots, but I mean, I put a lot of the credit on St. John's for really, you know, throwing Villanova out and really forcing Villanova to play their game. Do you do the same?
1: I do because yes, Villanova missed, a lot of open shots and shots they normally make Mm -hmm. but the reason they missed that was because they were uncomfortable all game Mm -hmm. if they got a couple of those open shots like they did uh late in the first half and early in the first half we could be looking at a different ball game but after that first under four media timeout st john's really seemed to settle settle into the game they got down 10-3 early and then they settled in and they were able to battle back and then for third for the next 35 minutes i mean saint john's dominated <laughs> mm-hmm. villanova and-, and there's no other way to put it
0: mm-hmm. do, you, do you do you see like a turning point of this game because you're right i mean early on it looked like this was going to go the other way i, I thought villanova was going to run them out of the gym after the first you know five or so minutes like did you being there did you notice like a noticeable moment where maybe the intensity changed for saint john's or was it just kind of a culmination of things it was a culmination of things. There was there wasn't
1: that one play where it was like, okay, that that absolutely changed the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, uh, like if I do, if I had to pick to one, I would go with the Greg Williams Jr. dunk. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, unfortunately, that dunk, as great as it was, might have come with some consequences, as Mike Anderson said in the post game press conference that um, he thinks. Greg tweaked his back again, but he'll, he'll, he'll find out more mm. going forward. So um. that might have come with a little bit of consequence. But um, if there was one play to look for, I would, I would think that. And the two three-pointers Dylan Wusu made in the, in the first yeah. half. Mm-hmm. Because D- Dylan, he's not known as an offensive threat. Um, but him hitting those two three-pointers, that really – got St. John's in the game, and it made Villanova think, all right, we got to put a body on. We can't leave this guy wide open on the wing. He has the potential to knock down three. So um, I guess those three plays in general, Wosu's two threes and Greg's dunk, um, I really think that helped turn the game
0: mm-hmm. absolutely Let, let's let's look at some players too I mean Wusu was incredible obviously he had a couple of threes in that first half I thought Julian though really battled in this game I mean he only he scored the 14 but he only went 4 of 12 and he really had a, had a bad game offensively I mean there's no other way around it but he had the 13 rebounds and he blocked three shots in this game I really like how he did he didn't like take himself out of the game defensively especially because he wasn't playing well offensively did you kind of notice? That as well,
1: I did. And what I thought back to was his game against UConn. He had a similar first half yeah. where he couldn't get anything going, and I think that affected his defense. Mm-hmm. In this game, that it didn't happen at all, and the buckets he made down the stretch were all clutch. And mm-hmm. again, like I said, his rebounding, his defense, everything else. As his shots weren't falling. It didn't affect him like it did in a UConn game. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and and you make a great point there. I mean, he only had the fourteen points. Obviously, and only had the four field goals. The two three pointers that he hit were were massive in this game, including the last one. I thought that was the shot. Really, I th- I'm not. Sh- I think it went from nine to twelve at that point. That shot, I think, really kind of clinched the game for them. The, the second three that he hit.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why he's on the floor. I mean, obviously his defense and rebounding was great, especially in the second half. St. John's couldn't keep Villanova off the offensive yeah. glass to save their lives in the first half, and they were much better at that in the second half. Um, but that's where he's so valuable. His defense is good. He can defend multiple positions, and he's uh, he was their leading rebounder by far tonight. Um, and then when you need a clutch bucket, he's proven that he can step up and get it for you, and that's what he did tonight.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. I mean... Vince Cole, as well, had the 12 points and hit four three pointers in this game. Feels like to me, he's, you know, since that game two two weeks ago against uh, Utah Valley, he's starting to come along, really, and he's been huge for them during this entire streak. Uh, What'd you notice out of Vince tonight?
1: Uh, He came into St. John's as a a prolific three point shooter, and that didn't show early. But also, don't forget, there's a jump coming from junior college to Division 1 college basketball, especially coming to the Big East and not only did he I think he start started figuring out the learning curve of just Division 1 college basketball, he didn't have enough time in non-conference games because there weren't so many this mm-hmm. year. He got thrown into the rigors of the Big East and the Big East is a completely different animal than your St. Peter's and LaSalle's and Riders and Stony Brook's. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I think he's figured out the game. He's figured out spacing um, and he's figured out when he needs to shoot instead of as soon as he gets the ball, he needs to put it up. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that has been a major benefit for him. Um, And the ability he's shown to put the ball in the deck and get into the lane and pass Mm -hmm. because now teams uh, just can't guard him. Like, well, not face guard him, but guard him so tightly on the perimeter, thinking he's only going to shoot. Now they have to back off because he can dribble and he can pass. And he's been sensational ever since. Greg went down with the back yeah. injury. Vince Cole has stepped up and filled that role as good as he could.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, you look at Vince and you look at the big picture, it just it feels like they have so many more consistent options offensively now than they did even, you know, two, three weeks ago. You know, obviously Julian having Posh, um, you know, and Vince Cole, as we just mentioned, even a guy like Dylan Adaiwoos who has come on lately. I feel like that's kind of been, you know, an underrated, you know, part of this turnaround for this team. Is it? Just it just feels like everyone is clicking offensively too
1: yeah so in my pregame story um I was wrong on the biggest thing I did predict Villanova to win 78 <laughs> nah. uh, 72 so I was to, wrong on that yeah but I, I listed things St. John's had to do to win the game mm-hmm. um and one of the things was they needed their role players to step up and play good so role players needing everybody except Posh Alexander and Julian yeah. Champagne. I categorized them as stars. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's exactly what happened. I mean, Isaiah Moore was fantastic. Eight points, six rebounds in 19 minutes. We talked about Cole. Dylan Wusu, he's not going to put up a stat line that'll... You'll look in the box score if you didn't watch a game and say, like, oh, man, that guy made winning plays. Mm-hmm. But Dylan Adaiwusu was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, nine points, four rebounds. I mean, his hands on defense were everywhere. Yeah. Um, so so that's what St. John's needed. And even Marcellus Erlington. I mean, I was stunned he was one for six. But again, him being out there, it's defensively where these guys make their – impression on the game that, that, that don't always show up in a box score
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I think that's a, that's a great point that you just made there as well um looking forward now i mean you know they're on the bubble like there's no there's no debating it now they are on the bubble firmly you know how far can this team go i mean they showed tonight they can they can play with anyone in the conference you know if you can basically handle the number 3 team in the in the country like you just did you can play with anyone in the conference what's your outlook now you know going forward the next couple of games let's say
1: so i mean just i have their schedule in front of me they go to providence Next, and obviously, that's a big game. Next two games are on the road Providence and Butler. Yeah, um, I think in, in an ideal, I mean, if, if you're greedy in the way that you look at Providence and Butler and you, the way you look at St. John's,
0: you want both. There's,
1: it's conceivable St. John's could enter that game as a favorite. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Providence, uh, they just lost to Georgetown on Saturday, and I believe earlier tonight, um, they got absolutely pounded in the second half by Seton Hall. They did, yep. and but Butler, um, I was watching Butler's game against Marquette. Um, yesterday so that what what was that Tuesday Mm -hmm. and they made a valiant effort I mean Marquette kind of folded Mm -hmm. Um, but look at those two teams Uh, St. John's is better than those two teams in my opinion and they're playing 10 times better than the both of them Yeah. Um, I think if you're a St. John's fan you would love a split Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. that has to be the bare minimum you need to split those games but I don't see any reason why St. John's can't win them both obviously David Duke and Nate Watson scary for Providence but um I think they could win both those games and then they come home and maybe they play Xavier who knows if they're back to playing by now or yeah. that could be their first game back mm. and then DePaul so St. John's has a very favorable schedule in front of them um and it's going to be up to this team to keep the momentum going I don't see why they can't just looking the way they played in the last six seven games
0: yeah I mean do you do you think like 10 big east wins get you in do you think 16 and 11 10 and 10 would get you in because I mean the path to 10 wins right now doesn't look all that daunting when you when you look at the schedule you just mentioned and then but beyond that do you think that 10 and 10 would would get if they play 10 if they play 20 do you think 10 and 10 would get them in
1: I think 10 and ten would get them in I was talking to somebody um, earlier in the week, and just about St. John's NCAA tournament chances, and I said they needed to win, I forget the number, X amount of games, yeah. but mm-hmm. they needed to get one against Villanova. Yeah. They had to beat Villanova some way, and now they have. Um, now, I, again, I don't think you can, you, they can't afford any more bad losses. I mm-hmm. think the only two potential bad losses left on their schedule would be at home to DePaul, mm-hmm. and maybe at Butler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think those are the only two really, Bad loss games left on their schedule. I agree. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think this team has a legit shot and an NCAA tournament bid, assuming the bottom doesn't fall out with absolutely nobody expecting
0: mm. it. Which is which is just absolutely crazy when you look at where this team was, you know, two th- two and a half weeks ago.
1: It's absolutely yeah. mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make one more point. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Um, somebody asked Julian Champagne in the post game press conference tonight, did you still think this was an NCAA tournament team mm-hmm. um, when they were 1-5 in in the Big Easter or, or whatever they were? And yeah. he said, yeah. He said, <laughs> well, I, I always thought this team was good enough to make the NCAA tournament. And he said, "That was that's our goal coming into the year. And they've played up to that. Obviously they got off to the rough start, uh, especially with that overtime loss to Georgetown.
0: Yeah. But, um, I mean, since then, I mean, they've they've
1: continued to believe and they've continued just to churn out wins. And tonight was the culmination of all their hard work and everything that they've been building to. And they came, and again, for 30, for the last 35 minutes of this 40-minute game, St. John's dominated the number three team in the country.
0: Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible. You know, like when Mike Anderson says they were going to play with no fear, I don't think that was just a cliche. I think he really meant that, and, and I think it showed tonight. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, tell, why don't you tell everyone where, where they can find you, where they can read all of your coverage of this game?
1: So uh you can find me at Kevin Connolly at Kevin Connolly two on Twitter. And you can follow all my Saint John's content um at Storm the Paint stormthepaint dot or you could search us at Storm the Paint on Twitter. So that's stormthepaint.com and Storm the Paint on Twitter. And you can follow me at Kevin Connolly twenty four. It's a number two and four. Uh, on twitter
0: absolutely that's some incredible coverage and i'm sure some incredible coverage of this game as well kevin thank you as always man we'll be talking to you soon uh further on this season absolutely can't wait all right have a good night man all right appreciate all right thank you once again to kevin Connolly for coming on does a great job as always you can check him out at storm the paint that's his uh, St. John's blog, and he does an awesome job with them. Really good coverage of the Red Storm, so definitely check them out for their post-game coverage on this game for their coverage in general of the Red Storm. Another really good source of news and updates uh, for, St. John's, for St. John's and the basketball team. I want to look, because Kevin and I did it a little bit at the end of that chat, uh, just at the upcoming schedule for St. John's, to see really what they need now going forward to, to get into the NCAA tournament. Uh, if you think that 10 wins... Gets you in the NCAA tournament. Well, you only need to go four and four down the stretch now to do that. And when you look at the schedule, it's somewhat favorable. I wouldn't say it's it's going to be a cakewalk, but if you look at the upcoming schedule, it's not crazy to think they can go four and four in this eight-game stretch. You're probably going to lose to Villanova. You're not going to sweep Villanova. I don't. I don't think they. They. I know that they handled them very easily tonight. I'm not going to assume that they're going to sweep Villanova. So I'm going to put that one as a loss. And the wins right now, I'm going to put DePaul and I'm going to put Butler as wins. So that would be two and one. If you can split with Providence, that's three and two. And in that case, you would only need one win against Xavier, Seton Hall, and presumably UConn at home. That's not crazy just to get one of those games. And that gets you to 10 wins. Obviously, if you were to trip up against Butler, Kevin made a good point there. You know, the only bad loss games that they really have left are DePaul and at Butler. If you trip up one of those two, it becomes a little bit more tricky then. Either you gotta sweep Providence, you know, you gotta win two of three then against Seton Hall, Xavier, or UConn at home. But these are home games. And I know that the, the home court advantage doesn't mean as much. But still, if you can if you can figure out a way to just take care of business. Get one against Providence, beat Butler, and beat DePaul. All three teams are two of those teams who you are definitely better than in Butler and DePaul. And a Providence team that I think you're better than, that's not playing very good basketball right now. If you can get three wins against those three teams in those four games, essentially, it sets you up to really have a shot at 10, 11 wins in this conference. And I think 16 and 11 gets you in. I really do. So we will see going forward if, uh, if St. John's can pull that off and if St. John's can reach the NCAA tournament. But we're going to wrap this show up now. Uh, thank you all for listening to this huge, huge win. St. John's takes down Villanova, seventy-two 59 um, We'll be back next week. We'll do a recap after the Butler show, so definitely check that out. And as always, let's go Johnny's.